a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. You know I'm a big shot, right? They gave me a radio program. Yeah, they even gave me my own Facebook page. I have my own parking spot. Yeah, yeah, they make me now broadcast from my guest bedroom uh, so that I don't spread any coronavirus germs anywhere should I contract this little virus. But, uh, but I'm, I'm a big shot, as you well know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes conversations that happen on this radio program are followed by action. Now, I'm not claiming responsibility for, uh, for any changes at the state level when it comes to their battle against the coronavirus, but there was a conversation that you heard on this radio program just last week between myself and Dr. Stephen Mobley, who joins me now. And we were talking about the types of data that make headlines, the types of data which dominate the morning news shows and dominate the press conferences hosted by uh, various health departments around the state and the country, and specifically some of the data which is not shared by the coronavirus task force here in the state of Utah. We didn't know about how many hospital beds were occupied by those suffering from the coronavirus. <laughs> we didn't know uh, about the demographic makeup of those who were feeling the effects of the coronavirus most severely. We had a conversation along those lines just last week, Dr. Mobley and I. And a few days later, Dr. Mobley pointed out to me that, Lee, look at this. The, the data, the very data we were hoping to see is now available. Now, I can't take credit for that. I'd like to, and maybe I, maybe I deserve it. Maybe this program does deserve it. Maybe uh, Dr. Mobley deserves that credit. Whatever the case may be, not long after that conversation, that data was available, and it is available now, and you can find it for your own uh, edification at coronavirus.utah.gov. In fact, it was just yesterday that we, for the first time, heard uh, Dr. Angela Dunn reveal one of these little pieces of information which is so useful in our understanding of the spread of this coronavirus. 517 individuals have been hospitalized due to COVID-19, and 92 are currently hospitalized. Now, that was yesterday. That 92 number has grown by a few today, but that was the first time that you and I had heard announced by Dr. Angela Dunn the total number of hospitalizations. That gives us a sense of how our hospital system is handling the need. If you remember back to the flatten the curve days when that was our big goal, that was all in an effort to make sure that our hospital systems maintained the capacity to treat. If they were ever overwhelmed, all heck would break loose and we would be in trouble and this coronavirus uh, would just ravage our communities. We have been able to stay under that line. Our hospital system has, has been able to handle uh, the influx of individuals who are presenting with uh, some special needs and some special complications regarding this coronavirus. And uh, that is all very, very good. And these new pieces of data is very helpful in our understanding. Let me now uh, welcome Dr. Mobley to the program. Sir, how are you? Lee, it's great to be on with you. The the coincidence is uncanny. Uh, I checked this website about every other day. You and I did the same conversation one week ago today, almost to the exact hour. 
I didn't look at it Wednesday of last week, but by Thursday when I logged in, there were all these new wonderful tabs. Basically, the exact sort of information that you and I discussed would be beneficial for all Utah people to know, and now we have it. Well, let me ask you this. Regardless of who's responsible, let's just go ahead and pretend it's us. Uh, regardless of who's responsible, how has this newly released data, uh, namely the hospitalization numbers, real numbers, uh, the demographic details, how does it help your understanding of how we're doing here in the state of Utah? Yeah, well, let's let's uh, start with the demographics uh, and then move on to the hospital. They're, they're both interesting. So the demographic information, as a healthcare provider, I find uh, quite reassuring. The when they look at people who have tested positive for COVID, and they go back and sort of do the contact tracing, only two percent of people who are positive got it in the healthcare setting. I'm assuming those are probably mostly you know healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. And the most common reason you get it over just about two-thirds of the time is from a known contact. And then if you look at the data on known contacts, that pretty much means that someone who's probably either in your social circle, maybe a significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, what have you, or two-thirds of the time, again, someone in your household is who's giving it to you. So a lot of times we know who we get it from. And if you know who you got it from, that's a little bit less scary to me because I think we all worry that we're going to go to the grocery store and pick it up. But it would appear that, you know, two-thirds of the time we know who we got it from because the person was in our household. So that was quite reassuring. And we can talk a little bit more about the hospital data as well if you'd like. Yeah, please. Well, let me ask you this. What, is, uh, what does it mean for, for folks like me, you know, not a medical professional like yourself, uh, but as I learn these pieces of data, should I, be, should I feel you know, less fearful when I'm out and about? Should I look leerily at those with whom I share a household? What, is it, what does it really teach us, or, or, or more specifically, how does it impact uh, my behavior? Yeah, it, it tells me that, again, the chances of me going to the grocery store and picking it up are probably pretty small because, again, that would not qualify as a known contact. That, you know, two-thirds of the time it's a known contact. Unknown contact is about 15 to 17% of the time. So there is a risk, but it may not be quite as large, you know, as we thought that risk was. Um, obviously, again, if you're at home and your wife or someone, loved one, grandparents has got a bad cough, you know they got COVID and you get it, that's a known contact. So that's that's scary in a different way, but I think the unknown is what scares us so much. Like, am I going to get this just going to get my groceries? I'm gonna, am I going to get this going to the pharmacy? Am I going to get this going to, you know, the hardware store for a needed home repair or something? And the chances now, the data would tell you that the chances of that occurring is probably, you know, under 20%, less, less than a one in five chance of that occurring. So to me, I find that reassuring. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly makes uh, for a more comfortable experience when you're at the grocery store or the or the pharmacy, or wherever you have to be outside your home. Before we get on to the hospitalization numbers, I want to talk to you about some of these comorbidities, the underlying conditions. I, you know, we, we, we all know, you know, regardless of your level of medical expertise, you pay attention to the headlines enough, you learn that those with underlying conditions are at enhanced risk of complications uh, as a result of this coronavirus. I had no idea the scale uh, of that rate, and the, these newly released details from the coronavirus task force here in the state show that uh, that it is almost universal that complications uh, will will lead to some some bad results what, what were your takeaways as you looked at some of the uh, underlying conditions or comorbidities experienced by folks contracting this coronavirus yeah exactly so 
it looks like in well over anywhere between 50 to 50 percent of three quarters. I'm, I'm rounding these numbers to make them easier to follow on radio, but between about 50 percent and three quarters of people have some sort of other condition. Of those other conditions, diabetes ranks right up there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being a former smoker, um, having chronic pulmonary conditions, which often comes from smoking, so you might even kind of lump those together sometimes if you don't count asthma. Um, so you, you probably got, again, three quarters of patients who are getting hospitalized have a known comorbidity. Now, again, if you're listening right now to your radio program and you don't have any other illnesses, that makes you feel good. If you're listening to your program right now and you're at home and you're over 65 years old and you have emphysema, there's still you know plenty of reason to be concerned. But what I hope to kind of keep talking about every week is that more and more it's becoming clear that for a whole lot of us, the overwhelming majority of us, we can probably manage our risks fairly responsibly, but there are some people based on age or medical condition that are going to be in this for a long time. They maybe can't go back to work. They have to be extremely cautious when they move about society. And I still think we haven't had a conversation about how we're going to protect the most vulnerable for the next six or 12 months until either this thing burns out or a vaccine or a good medication. That's the that's the conversation really no one's having as of yet. Maybe we'll be the, the leaders on that one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I wish we had more time. Can you sum up your thoughts real quickly on, on the hospitalization numbers as that number has been revealed now daily by the task force? Yeah, so again, people can also uh, follow along. They can go to the coronavirus.utah.gov, click on the hospitalizations tab. You'll see that over the last uh, several weeks, it's been about the same. We have about in the low 90s to high 90s number of people in hospital at any one time. That was one of the things that you and I talked about is they kept giving us this cumulative number, which wasn't very helpful. I mean, if there's 400-plus people in the hospital, was that, you know, all at once or over the last two weeks, two months? So it's been pretty steady. It's been in the low to mid low to high 90s for the last several weeks. And the daily hospitalizations range anywhere from a busy day would be 18, a slow day would be three. So they tend to fluctuate. But what it's telling us is we've done the original primary goal. We've flattened the curve. We're not overwhelming our hospital capacity. So we're doing all the things that we originally set out to accomplish, it would appear. Outstanding. Uh, Dr. Mobley, I've got to let you go. Look forward to speaking to you again soon. MobleyMD.com is the website. Always grateful for your expertise and insight. And now it turns out influence. <laughs> Thanks so much, doctor. You're, you're the influencer. I'm just, uh, I'm just doing my small part. I'm sure it's the, uh, the Lee Lonsbury show is leading the way here. All right. We'll leave it at that. Dr. Mobley, my guest, we're going to step away right now. When we come back, Utah's Capitol Hill passed a number of bills. They all take effect today. We're going to walk through uh, some of the headline makers next. I'm going to share some of your thought or some of your thoughts and my thoughts ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.